What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Bush coming at you solo today with the top five rookie sleepers, must draft rookies in rookie drafts this May, late round values, whatever you guys want to call it. Basically, what we're going to be doing in today's video is talking about guys that you can get in the third and fourth rounds of your rookie drafts. That's basically how I define a sleeper. Anybody going outside of the top two rounds, I'm going to be using both keep trade cut and DLF ADP. So I'm not going super deep with these guys. These aren't UDFAs or, you know, fourth round, late fourth round rookie picks, but, but this should give you the answer to the question, who should I pick? in rounds three and four of my dynasty rookie drafts. As always, if you guys enjoy this video at any point, hit the like button, comment any of your thoughts down below, comment down below who is your favorite sleeper in dynasty rookie drafts this May. Subscribe to the channel if you are new as well, and make sure to check out the Patreon for all of our dynasty rookie rankings, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, top 50s for super flex and one quarterback rookie drafts, uh, top 100s for your startups and bucketed rankings by age so that you guys are best informed this dynasty season. Now let's hit the intro. So this list is going to go in order of five to one. So my fifth biggest sleeper to my biggest sleeper with an honorable mention or two at the end of guys that, you know, just missed the cut or whatever. So number five on this list is Tyrion Davis price running back for the San Francisco 49ers currently being picked as the 36th overall player on keep trade cut 29th overall per DLF. So about a mid third rounder on both sites. Let's first start off with this. Did I expect Tyrion Davis price to be a top 100 pick in the NFL draft, go 93rd overall to the San Francisco 49ers? Absolutely not. I didn't think he was going to go that high. I thought he'd be, a, you know, a day three running back, potentially go undrafted because his production is not spectacular. He only has one 1000 yard season in his three year career at LSU. Very little production as a receiving back as well. Career high 3.39% target share in 2021. Most of his highlights are just him running fast in a straight line through a wide open hole, but the running back position, sometimes you just need to fill a crucial role for an offense to be fantasy relevant. And especially when you go to the San Francisco 49ers, because they are not like other teams. If you guys recall last year, I did a video very similar to this one, top five rookie sleepers post draft. And my number one sleeper at the position was Elijah Mitchell. And obviously Elijah Mitchell was definitely a big hit. The good about Tyrion Davis price, his profile, he has good size, six foot, 219 pounds, and he tested pretty well. Solid athleticism, ran a 4.48 over a 90th percentile um, weight adjusted speed score, 83rd percentile math bomb relative athletic score, which takes into account his size as well. Um, so that that's you know all well and good for Ty Davis price. The other thing for Ty Davis price that he has going for him is being the 93rd overall pick in the NFL draft to a backfield that is notorious for using multiple backs. And I will repeat the exact same thing that I said last year. Kyle Shanahan does not care where you were drafted. He doesn't care where you came from. If he has a role in mind for you, he is going to give you playing time. And I think that TDP and Elijah Mitchell will be the new one-two punch in San Francisco with Trey Sermon kind of disappointing last year. The role that Jeff Wilson and Tevin Coleman leave behind is what I think Tyrion Davis Price is going to have. And then Elijah Mitchell is going to be the new Raheem Mostert. So that's kind of how I think this backfield is going to shake out. With Elijah Mitchell's history of injuries, he had an operation this offseason. And just the fact that he's a running back in general, TDP should have some standalone weeks and, of course, some great value if Elijah Mitchell were to get hurt and miss some time. I think he's also a perfect best ball pick and has some great value uh, in there. So if you guys 
um, want to play some best ball, obviously go to underdogfantasy.com, official show sponsor, using promo code FSE. You'll get 100% match back on whatever you put in, and you'll also get our Dynasty Rankings Manifesto as a free gift for doing that. So my number five overall sleeper, Tyrion Davis-Price, running back for the San Francisco 49ers, a guy that I am snagging in a lot of my third-round rookie drafts, about the mid-third round or so. So another guy that got drafted a little bit higher than we expected was Tyquan Thornton, wide receiver of the Baylor Bears, now of the New England Patriots. 33rd overall pick off the board, according to Keep Trade Cut and DLF. So a mid to late third rounder as it currently stands. And similar to Ty Davis-Price, like I said, did I think that Tyquan Thornton was going to be a top 50 pick in the NFL draft? This guy went off the board in the mid-second round. Hell no, I didn't think he was going to go that high at all. I think there is some good with Thornton because the obvious reason why he got drafted high is because he's a good athlete. He ran a 4-2-8 at the combine en route to a 98th percentile math bomb score uh, of relative athleticism. But I think the good that you can take away from his profile is that he did show an ability to command targets in his final season, commanding a 28% target share in his senior season at Baylor. The sketchy thing about Tyquan Thornton, though, is that he was only productive really his final season, but he did eclipse a 20% dominator rating, good for a breakout age as a true sophomore. So Overall, not the greatest profile in the world. Like I said, he was probably drafted highly due to the fact that he ran fast and that he tested well. He's got a similar frame to Jamison Williams, six foot two, 180 pounds, which is a pretty odd build for a speed wide receiver. But a guy like Robbie Anderson is, I think, uh, a good player profiler comp uh, for a guy like Tyquan Thornton. And then there's the landing spot. Uh, the New England Patriots don't have a lot at wide receiver, and the guys that they do have are guys like Jacoby Myers and Kendrick Bourne and the tight ends and the running backs, which most of those guys are going to be targeted short to intermediate areas of the field. They don't really have a guy that can stretch the field deep. Nelson Aguilar was the only that guy last year, but I think Tyquan Thornton can fill that role for Mac Jones, who, by the way, was a very good deep passer in college, but struggled as a rookie without a consistent guy to go to. So I think the ideal situation, the ideal scenario would have been the Patriots getting Jamison Williams in the first round, which I talked about as a very good fit, but I guess they settled on Tyquan Thornton in round two. Probably Probably reached on him a little bit, but who knows? Maybe the NFL was very high on him due to the fact that, um, you know, he ran fast at the combine, which is usually not very good process. Am I super high on Tyquan Thornton? Am I, you know, snatching him in all of my rookie drafts? Not necessarily, but a top 50 pick means a lot at wide receiver. And he does have some redeeming qualities. Like I said, heading to a wide open wide receiver core. Uh, in the New England Patriots offense with a mid to late third round pick in rookie drafts. When I'm deciding between him who got top 50 draft capital versus, you know, a fourth, fifth round running back or, you know, fourth round tight end or a quarterback like Sam Howell, who went in the fifth round, give me Tyquan Thornton all day because this guy at least went in the second round, which should mean that he's going to get opportunities to get on the field. Number three is at the tight end position. Greg Dolchich, tight end for the Denver Broncos, 39th overall player, according to Keep Trade Cut, 41st per DLF. So a guy that is going off the board early to mid fourth round. Now, at this point, I think everybody knows that Trey McBride should be the tight end one off the board in your rookie drafts. But I think many people are going to take other tight ends before they take Greg Dolchich. And I think that's a mistake. Jelani Woods is a guy that consistently goes off the board as the second tight end. Maybe, you know, Jeremy Ruckert or, you know, Kate Auten or, um, you know, any of the other tight ends go off the board before Greg Dolchich. And I, I say why, because the Broncos selected Greg Dolchich in the mid third round. So he gets good draft capital, top 100 pick. And his profile is much better than a guy like Jelani Woods. Unlike Jelani Woods, Dolchich was productive for multiple years in college. He commanded a 20% target share as a true junior and a 16.5% target share this past year 
as a senior and was pretty productive over 500 receiving yards in both of the last two seasons. And Greg Dolchich, while he didn't test like an athletic freak, like Jelani Woods still had an 82nd percentile relative athletic score, which is still great running sub four, seven, four, six, nine at the combine, good agilities, good explosiveness drills, et cetera. He's a bit undersized at six foot four, 243 pounds. Typically we like to see tight ends be about six, five, 250 or, or bigger, but many film guys like Daniel Jeremiah of NFL network actually had Greg Dolchich as the number one tight end in this class, even over a guy like Trey McBride. So this is a guy that I think going to Denver as a third round pick, Albert O is definitely the, the main tight end there. And he's the new guy there now with Noah Fant traded to the Seattle Seahawks in the Russell Wilson trade. But Albert Okwebunam is a free agent in two years, which is typically the timeline that it takes rookie tight ends to develop in general. So Greg Dolchich, probably a lot more of a long-term pick, which is why he's going in the early fourth round relative to some of the other guys that I'm going to talk about on this list. But I think if you got, you know, Darren Waller as your main tight end or Travis Kelsey as your main tight end, or you're just a rebuilding team in general, and you have a number of draft picks, take a shot on Greg Dolchich. He could definitely develop into, you know, Cole Komet, Irv Smith type of value this time next year. And maybe even more than that, if he proves something as a rookie and with injury to Albert O, he has a great opportunity to get on the field in a great offense led by Russell Wilson. So um, Greg Dolchich, a guy that I really like as an early fourth round pick, if you guys are you know running out of players to pick in that area of the draft, I think at least picking a good player attached to a good offense, maybe a little bit more of a long-term play but uh, a guy that I'm willing to invest in at that point in the draft. Now, these top two guys are a little bit more, you know, my guy type of, of you know, flag plants. I, I feel a lot more comfortable in these guys than I do in the other three that I've talked about so far. Number two sleeper in uh, rookie drafts this offseason is Khalil Shakir, wide receiver from the Buffalo Bills, 35th overall player, according to Keep Trade Cut, 32nd overall player, according to DLF. So a guy that is going about the mid to late third round of rookie drafts, maybe a little bit earlier than that. Uh, depending on your league. I've already drafted Khalil Shakir twice in rookie drafts. And I was kind of lukewarm, like I said, on the first three guys as prospects. But these next two guys, I really did like as prospects. With Khalil Shakir, you have a guy that was productive for multiple years in college with a history of commanding targets at a high level. Three straight seasons of above a 20% target share, 20.86% as a sophomore, 36% as a junior, 28.9% as a senior this past year. Breakout age of 19.6 as a true sophomore in the 74th percentile. College target share of 32.2%, 95th percentile. College dominator of 40.8%. 84th percentile. So this is a guy that has a pretty ironclad analytics profile, ran a 4-4-3 at the combine with good burst and good athleticism to boot. I'm shocked that this guy didn't get drafted in round two or round three, especially considering guys like Tyquan Thornton and Velas Jones got drafted on day two. According to Matt Harmon's reception perception, Khalil Shakir ranked in the 68th percentile in success rate versus man coverage, 76th percentile in success rate versus zone coverage, and a whopping 85.7% win rate against press coverage, which actually was the best in the class this year in the 98th percentile and ranked better than anybody in last year's class also. So this dude can actually win uh, on his routes, which is really all that you can ask for out of a wide receiver. Unfortunately, he fell to round five of the NFL draft, but he fortunately lands with the Buffalo Bills, who are in need of a slot receiver, which is primarily the role that Khalil Shakir played in college. They signed journeyman Jamison Crowder uh, to fill their slot role after they jettisoned you know, uh, Cole Beasley, who's a big-time political headache for them. But Khalil Shakir can definitely develop into a trusty target for Josh Allen over the middle of the field. Um, We all know that Jamison Crowder has a history of injuries as well. So maybe we see, you know, Khalil Shakir struggle to get on the field early on in the NFL season. They favor a guy like Jamison Crowder because he's a veteran. And then towards the end of the season, maybe he blows up and finishes very strong, similar to what we saw from Amon Ross St. Brown 
this past year. And Matt Harmon actually went out of his way to compare Khalil Shakir's evaluation to Amon Ross St. Brown's last year. And I share that sentiment as well. I think they're very similar players um, with Shakir actually being a better athlete than St. Brown. Um, but St. Brown obviously going to a bigger school and he was an early declare. So those are the kind of differences between those two guys. But I really, really like Shakir as a, a mid third round pick, especially if you're a rebuilding team. I think this guy could be a big time, big time riser uh, this time next year uh, coming off of his rookie season because he plays in a great offense. Obviously, uh, outside of Stefan Diggs, we know that Gabriel Davis, while he's ascending, hasn't really commanded a huge target share in the world. And we know that Cole Beasley was a highly targeted guy as their slot receiver there. So if Shakir can you know, edge out Jamison Crowder, or if Jamison Crowder gets hurt or whatever, I think that Shakir can be very productive for this Bills offense long term. My number one sleeper in this draft class, this will be absolutely zero shock to any of you guys that followed along throughout the process, is Tyler Algier, formerly of BYU, now of the Atlanta Falcons, 27th overall player per keep trade cut, 28th overall player per DLF. This is about an early third round pick. So again, this is not a deep name by any means. I'm sure you guys know who Tyler Algier is. He's an early third rounder, but I have him ranked as a top 18 guy. So this is a pretty big discrepancy in my own personal rankings versus where he's actually currently being picked, which is why he's like my number one sleeper. Skill set wise, what you want to look for in late round running backs, which would have led you to Elijah Mitchell last year and led you to James Robinson two years ago, is guys that have size and a three down skill set. They might not be the most flashy athletes in the world, whatever, but they have a three down skill set and they have the size. Well, Tyler Algier, two, five foot 10, 224 pounds, is built like an absolute tone setter. Former linebacker with a three down skill set. My comp for him actually was James Robinson when I watched his film. Highest broken tackle rate in the class of any running back who got drafted. The only guys that had higher broken tackle rates were Max Borgie and Kennedy Brooks, who both went undrafted. College target share of 10%, which ranked sixth in the class in the 77th percentile. So he can contribute as a receiver. Very impressive for a big back and also very elusive as well for a big back. Damian Pierce, Isaiah Spiller, and Kenneth Walker were the only running backs who got drafted this year that had a higher PFF elusive rating than Tyler Algier. He was very productive his final two seasons at BYU. His 2020 season with Zach Wilson on the field, he was splitting carries, but 150 carries for 1,100 yards and 13 rushing touchdowns, also contributed 14 receptions for 174 and a 5% target share. But with Zach Wilson off to the NFL, this offense ran through Tyler Algier. Workhorse usage, 276 carries, 1,600 rushing yards, 23 touchdowns, 28 receptions. So over 300 touches for Tyler Algier this year in only 13 games. This guy is workhorse size, workhorse ability, and everybody is mad that he said he'd run a 4-3 at the combine, and instead he ran a 4-6 flat. But that's still very good for his size. 4-6 flat is a 74th percentile weight-adjusted speed score and a 77th percentile relative athletic score. So that doesn't make him a bad athlete necessarily. This is a guy that I still think is a good athlete for his size. Like you guys can see there, 4-6, pretty solid agilities, okay broad jump as well. Again, not the greatest athlete in the world, but a guy that is a good athlete for his size. The only problem with his profile right now is that he went in the fifth round. Instead of being drafted on day two, like I was hoping for, he went in the fifth round. But the good thing is that he went to the Atlanta Falcons, and he has a lot of opportunity in front of him. And I guarantee if he went third round in the NFL draft, he'd be a one-two turn pick in rookie drafts right now. Just one day after the NFL draft was finished and the Falcons drafted Tyler Algier on day three, 
they release Mike Davis immediately after the NFL draft. They release Mike Davis. They clearly think very highly of Tyler Algier as an early down ball carrier to release Mike Davis that quickly. ESPN Falcons reporter Mike Roth uh, Rothstein as well also believes that Atlanta will deploy Cordero Patterson more so as a wide receiver this year with the addition of Tyler Algier. He th- they think that he will be the early down back and uh, Cordero Patterson will be used in his gadget role more so as a wide receiver. And even that early down role was able to give Mike Davis a good amount of targets last year. Again, a guy that does have a three down skill set, not necessarily going to be the highest upside guy in the world, but could he be this year's James Robinson, Elijah Mitchell, something like that? I definitely think that is possible. I think this is a guy that could be very, very productive, even as early as his rookie season. Am I going to be holding on to him long-term if he does end up doing that his rookie year? Probably not. I'm probably going to flip him because he was a fifth round pick. But this year, if you're a contender, I think that Tyler Algier can contribute to a contending roster. And even if you're a rebuilder, I think this is a guy that's going to accumulate some value over the course of his rookie season. You might be able to flip a mid-season for a mid-second round, early second round 2023 draft pick, which you can use to further your rebuild. So those are my top five sleepers in rookie drafts this offseason. Let me know, like I said, what you guys think. Uh, I have two more honorable mentions, but I've talked about these guys a ton, so I don't want to take up too much time talking about them. Justin Ross, wide receiver now for the Kansas City Chiefs, and Sam Howell, quarterback for the Washington Commanders. Justin Ross went undrafted, so I don't want to go crazy and say that I'm going to take him in the third round of a rookie draft over most of the guys that I've talked about in this video. And if you guys want more information on Justin Ross and why he's so underrated and why he went undrafted, I talked about him in the most underrated prospects video a couple of weeks ago, but him going to Kansas City, I mean, it's a wide open wide receiver core long term outside of Marquez Valdez, Scantling and Sky Moore. There's really nobody that's attached to that team long term. Juju on a one year deal, McCole Hardman off of his rookie contract after this year. So Justin Ross does have a chance to stick with that team. Uh, maybe he goes to a different team after training camp or something like that. But I, I I thought he was a third or fourth round talent in the NFL draft and he only fell due to medical concerns. So he's a guy that I'm comfortable taking with like my last pick fourth round, you know, late fourth round, whatever the case is, I'm okay taking Justin Ross there. And then Sam Howell, of course, you guys have heard my thoughts on, if you haven't go check out his tail of the tape, he was my QB one pre-draft, but now obviously falling to the fifth round, he is no longer my QB one. The glimmer of hope is that Carson Wentz isn't very good. Howell has a chance to come in and prove himself in practice. And maybe he can get opportunity at some point in the next few years to get on the field. Howell can run. He's got a big, uh, big arm. And that's been a good combo in previous years for fantasy quarterbacks. So hopefully this helped you guys out to figure out who to grab at the end of your rookie drafts. Like I said, all these guys are considered sleepers to me because they are going in rounds three and four of rookie drafts. Comment down below your favorite sleeper, the guy that you're snagging at the end of all your rookie drafts. And while you're down there, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel. If you are new, we appreciate all of the support that you guys have given us this draft season. Check out the Patreon as well. If you're interested in all of our, you know, dynasty and rookie content, first dibs on dynasty decisions, et cetera. We're going to have a number of uh, 2023 related draft class databases coming to you pretty soon as well. And like I said, check out the show sponsor, underdogfantasy.com using the promo code FSE at sign up and first deposit. You'll get a hundred percent match back on whatever you put in. And you'll also get our dynasty rankings manifesto for free as a thank you for using that. So you'll also get that to prepare yourself for your rookie drafts and follow along with our rankings as well. So with that being said, guys, peace out. And I'll talk to you soon.